Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. We air weekly on Franklin Radio, WFPR 102.9 FM, and we are listened to all over the world on WFPR.FM. Hello, Kim. How are you today? I'm well, Mark. How are you? I am very excited today, Kim. We have a very special guest, Francesca Negre. Francesca is joining us today from Italy. Welcome, Francesca. Hi, Mark and Kim. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. It's uh, mid-afternoon for us, and it's a little later in the day for you. So I guess a buona sera is in order since <laughs> we've got a little bit of a time change delay going on here. That's no problem. Uh, here is a dinner time in Italy. <laughs> Francesca is a winoholic, smile pusher, journalist, writer, wine tutor, wine show host, and so much more. Her website is geishagourmet.com. Francesca, can you please start uh, by telling us where you are in Italy and if the current third wave of COVID has affected you? Yes, thank you, Mark. Uh, first of all, sorry for my English uh, because uh, I'm not so, it's not so usually for me to speak uh, to speak English, but I try to do my best. I am from, uh, I come from Trento in Trentino Alto Adige, the region of uh, Dolomites, uh, north uh, of Verona. Uh, since uh, years, I'm living mostly in Bergamo, in Lombardy. Currently, Lombardy is a red zone like most of the region of Italy, and uh, and uh, we will be in lockdown until Easter. However, the situation at this moment uh, uh, seems quite stable, and the peak of a third wave of infection seems to have been reached. Now, the situation sh- should improve. Cross fingers. Absolutely. It feels like how it is here, too. You know, we're sort of riding these COVID waves and they go up and they go down and they go up and they go down. But hopefully we're hoping at least here with more people being vaccinated, we'll be uh, able to open up more more things, especially our our poor friends in the restaurant industry, which have really been hit hard. Yeah. The same in Italy. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in wine? It seems like lots of people that we speak to that are in the wine industry, you know, people come to it from so many different ways. And sometimes it's just a love of wine. Other times it's jobs that they were working in. And we always love to hear everyone's stories about how they got into this business or how they developed a real passion for wine? Well, you know, I was born in a region, Trentino, where wine is part of people's everyday life. The children uh, are taken to the nursery school to see how the grapes are harvested and how the grapes are pressed to make wine. So I can say the wine has always been in my life. My passion for wine, however, began at uh, the age of uh, around uh, eight. 18. At uh, that time, I had a sommelier boyfriend, uh, and he is a, a restaurant owner too. And with him, the, the fun was going to try restaurants and wines around uh, Italy. And uh, at that time, I thought uh, how nice it would be to was going to, to, to meet the chefs uh, that prepare these uh, dishes uh, and to meet who produce uh, these wines in person. 
And today, many of uh, these uh, people are friends. So in any case, uh, for years, uh, wine and food uh, have reminded only great passion for me, which I shared with uh, food and wine lover friends uh, like me. Then around uh, 2000, I started to be a journalist. Uh, and uh, in those days, uh, newspaper and television uh, did not deal uh, with cooking at all uh, like today. I think it was the same uh, in the uh, USA too. Mm-hmm. At, uh, at, at a certain point, um, I, I was working and I work today for Corriere della Sera, that is uh, uh, one of the most famous uh, newspapers in, in Italy. Uh, I was uh, in editorial offices uh, in Trento and uh, Bolzano. And uh, they, uh, they were looking for someone to write a weekly column on a typical recipe. Nobody wanted to do it. And so I proposed myself. <laughs> and nobody wanted to write about recipes really nobody wow. in 2000 nobody they think that is no journalism to write about the recipe uh. about food about wine uh, think how many changes uh, are in the last uh, 20 years yes so, very true so my journalism and journalism in food and wine started in this way and and then it was uh, all an uh, escalation a path uh, in which i also meet famous uh, people in the sector who advised me uh, on how to become an increasingly important journalist in the sector and above all however i must say that uh, the most important thing was uh, my tenacity my ambition and even more my passion from an early age you have to know that i dream not only of being a journalist but also being a writer and today i have published more than 10 books so i think my dreams come true at the end well good for you for you know yeah. knowing what you wanted to do from such an early age and then making it happen now, this seems to be one of the things that i feel like i've heard from the most successful people is they had an idea and they went out and they really tried to do it and tried to get it so you have you Bravo. have to believe uh, <laughs> you know the power of dreams you have to believe in you and in your dreams francesca did you have any formal wine food or journalist background or you just did this all on your own well i build up my back i build up my competence uh, during my work uh, and i uh, during my work uh, i I attended wsct you know wine and spirit trust Uh, yes this is my school (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, going uh, to winery going uh, to restaurant and uh, uh, learn from uh, uh, the winemaker learn from the chef uh, uh, the things so francesca's website is geisha gourmet and can you talk about the ideas or the content behind the blog posts or what your focus is is it wine is it culture is it trends is it food or is it everything because it seems like everything yeah yeah it's it's uh, my blog is not a blog of recipe it's a blog uh, uh, where i speak about uh, uh, the wonderful world of wine <laughs> nice <laughs> and food <laughs> 
And um, on my blog, uh, the idea from the beginning uh, was to talk about wine and food with a feminine style. The feminine sense uh, for food and wine. My idea has always been the fact that women talk about food and wine in a much more emotional way than men. And that... Uh, this was good for mainstream disclosure. And another important thing, I have always thought that wine and food were the new symbols of female emancipation. Let me explain. Do you remember Elizabeth Garley Brown, the historic director of Cosmopolitan? Do you it remember? A little, you can... a little before my time, but yes. <laughs> yeah. She, maybe you, you, you can remember, she, she caused a sensation in the 60s uh, with her book, uh, Sex and the Single Girl, which later inspired Sex and the City. Now that I know. And uh, in her book, uh, she uh, uh, theorized that women should be free to have sex out out of marriage without to be married, okay? And uh, that uh, they don't need men to afford uh, whatever they wanted. Now... Uh, that uh, these concepts are sufficiently clear in most most civil society. I believe that wine and food are the new things uh, we have uh, to get rid of. Take pleasure in food and wine without guilt to free ourselves from a society that instead it continues to make us believe that to to be beautiful and fit we cannot indulge in a bottle of wine with friends or a plate of pasta. I don't know if in the United States is in this way, uh, but in Italy, uh, it is like that. I'm actually surprised to hear that it's that way in Italy. I feel like Americans' perceptions of Italians and Italian women is, yeah. is that concept of freedom that you can drink wine, you can eat pasta, you can look like Sophia Loren and still be... <laughs> healthy and accepted for what you do and how you look. It's very interesting to me that it's not that way coming from from your you know, perspective as an Italian woman who lives that life every day. It's definitely here the the idea of, you know, you have to be thin and you have to watch what you eat. And if you drink too much, it's considered a problem. If you drink wine every day, that's an issue from a medical perspective as well as a social perspective. So I hadn't ever known the Italian side of it. So you taught me something today. Uh, yes, you know, we live in a society where everything of what you say is true, but uh, the first important things for a woman is uh, to be beautiful, okay? And to be beautiful uh, means uh, nowadays uh, to be not, uh, how, how can I say, oversized. You have to be thin, Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in Italy, in Italy, sure. I don't know if uh, in United States. I think all over the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so uh, there is there is this, uh, m- many mm, believe me. Uh, I meet uh, uh, so many women that told to me, "Oh no, I don't drink wine hmm? because uh, I'm uh, I'm a teetotal." At the end of the evening, uh, you can find them with uh, um, a glass of wine <laughs> in <your> hand, <laughs> and then you ask uh, to them, "But oh, sorry, you uh, you told me that uh, you are teetotal." 
oh no, you know, uh, wine have uh, too many calories. Uh, I, I drink only a glass of wine at the end. Okay, so uh, for this reason, uh, um, to come back to my to my blog, uh, for this reason, uh, I think uh, that uh, um, to take. Uh, pleasure for with food and wine without guilt is uh, our new symbols of female emancipation this is uh, very important for me because uh, i want to communicate uh, to all uh, all the women that uh, you can have a bottle of wine with your friend with your friends uh, have uh, nice food uh, all in moderation but you can take you can enjoy you can take pleasure you you can you, you have to to have a, a healthy style of life uh, make uh, some game and so on but not to, to be uh, fixed or crazy about and uh, and you can be beautiful maybe more beautiful because you are more happy <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with uh, wine and food, uh, with good wine and good food uh, in your life. Uh, at least, uh, but, and finally, uh, in my blog and in my books, uh, uh, there is another important aspect that I carry on, uh, the fact that wine and food are extremely sensual and that they are instruments of seduction. One of the most intriguing uh, things, uh, in, my opinion, uh, in my opinion, to play with partner and one of the stronger gestures of love. For me, in, in fact, uh, one of the most beautiful love phrases uh, is, uh, uh, darling, what can I prepare for dinner for you? <laughs> and I like to surprise my partner with blind, ta- blind wine tasting. Of course, I never had a, a teetotal boyfriend, Akim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever have either. <laughs> <laughs> so you're really doing that. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And, and I think that a, a lot of men would agree that when you have a woman who cares about what you eat and prepares lovely meals for you, that is quite a romantic gesture. Yeah, I think so. Francesca, how do you say, what can I prepare for dinner in Italian so I can use that (laughs) on my wife? Yes. Do you you ask to your wife this? No, I want to ask her the question so I can surprise her. How how can I say it in Italian? (laughs) Uh, In Italian, we say, uh, tesoro, cosa ti preparo per cena? Okay, I'll just say, what can I prepare for dinner? Because I'm no good. I can write that that one out for you. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you. And how did you come up with the name Geisha Gourmet for your website? Is there something behind that? Yeah, uh, yes, sure. I would like uh, a name that uh, uh, make understand immediately that uh, we talk in a feminine style, okay? But uh, more of this, I would like a name for my blogger that uh, explain uh, the passion and the dedication for food and wine. You know, Geisha uh, artist. Uh, they study so many years uh, to, to become a geisha and uh, they have great passion. Uh, and so I would like to, to pair the, the, to this, uh, this concept uh, with uh, the concept of gourmet because I'm a very passionate uh, uh, about food and wine and I study all day something uh, more to know, uh, to be prepared, to understand better day by day this, uh, this beautiful world.
You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark and Kim. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine and past episodes on SoundCloud. Welcome back to The Wonderful World of Wine. We have a very special guest with us today. We are speaking to Francesca Negri, who is chatting with us all the way from northern Italy. And we are speaking to her about her blogs, her books, and we'll speak a little bit about her uh, TV show coming up in a few minutes. So Francesca, uh, we were just talking about the concept of your blog and who your audience is and adding this feminine touch to wine appreciation, food appreciation, this sort of concept of food and wine as sensual and something to be really be enjoyed. I've watched a couple of episodes of your show and I really like that your work is it's charming, but it's also a little irreverent and you're, you know, very unapologetic about this lifestyle. It, it, this deep, you know, getting deep into wine is something really to be enjoyed. And I was wondering how you have been perceived by other people in the wine industry, whether they're salespeople or producers. You know, there's a lot of really stuffy people in the wine world, especially here in the U.S. And for someone like you who's come into it, who has a different style maybe than people are expecting, I was wondering about your impact on the industry? This is a good question. <laughs> I started more than uh, 15 years ago and it wasn't easy at first. Mm. I never wanted to deny my femininity, femininity, facial clothes, high heels, uh, to feel me beauty, to try to, to be taken more seriously. Moreover, I talk about wine in a less technical, more popular way. Mm -hmm. And this was not usual for the sector uh, 15 years years ago but over time however everyone appreciated my style and i must say that uh, now great men and women in the world of wine appreciate my work very much and i am honored because i changed a little bit uh, the the way that we use uh, to write uh, and to talk about uh, food and wine and uh, after all describing wine with simplicity is not uh, all uh, trivial you have to know everything from a technical point of view and the, and then you translate it into simple words for the general public that does not understand, but the general public is my target. They are them to whom I want to tell all the magic of wine mm -hmm. to get them to go out and buy that bottle or go to visit that winery. Mm -hmm. That's something that we run into too. You know, the difference between having wine language that is too technical for people, but then you also don't want people to feel dumb about asking basic questions, finding the language to get across to them the wonder. And like you said, the magic of the wine by, but using language that people can understand and really use. This is the key, I think. You just mentioned that your audience is the public and your blog is in Italian. Your, you know, a lot of your writings are in Italian, but your TV show is in English. So <laughs> when, I start, when I started watching it and there's all, this, all these subtitles and people are speaking in Italian and people are speaking French and you're speaking English. I'm like, who is she trying to appeal to? I got a little confused. I, I just wanted your perspective on your market and your audience and who you are aiming 
some of these different types of media at? Well, talking about uh, my work in Italy, like a journalist and writer and blogger, as I said before, my target is the general public uh, with an eye on the women. So much so that even my latest book, Vino Preta Porte is the name of uh, the book, is a wine manual for girls to dress into the role of a wine lover in no time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, in the, in the end, 60% of my readers are male, even of my romance novel, which always have a wines as a, a common trait. Men are curious to know how we women approach wine, life, and love. So mainly my public is uh, my follower, uh, mainly are, are men. It's so interesting. <laughs> Most of your books, Francesca, are not available in English, correct? Correct, because we tried to put them on English market, US market or UK market and so on, but, but nobody wants them. <laughs> And only, only the, the last one, Vino Preta Porte, is translated in Hungarian. <laughs> but, uh, I know I searched and <laughs> I was only led to Amazon in Italy. And I do follow all the, the content I can of you on sites that I can translate. And you translate very well into English on the content you put. So that works for me. Oh. And I can and I can read probably half your blog. So I get the general gist of what you're of what you're saying. My Italian's not great, but it's enough that I can read a wine blog. I'm like, oh, I know what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna use it to brush up my Italian. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read your blog all the time now. Thank you. I have public mainly from Italy on my blog, but uh, uh, all over the world. And the, the second nation is the United States. So maybe because there are many Italians in the United States, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> So we have to tell the list is, Francesca, the way I discovered you, not only social media, but I'm yeah. this big wine geek where I, I look for any documentaries, any wine shows I can find. I'm on the treadmill one day and I discover the Wine Passport series by you, which I thought was a phenomenal concept. So if anyone has Amazon Prime, search Wine Passport, you'll see Francesca. The whole concept behind the Wine Passport show was in the beginning, Francesca grabs the person's passport, takes them on an adventure. I'm like, what is she, where is she going with this? Because it's such an unusual concept for a wine show. But I have to tell you, Francesca, this was phenomenal. You took us to places in Italy, and one of my favorite uh, French Accorda producers, Cadel Bosco, brought uh, us there. You mm-hmm. introduced those people. You took us into the vineyards. The show is phenomenal. How did you come about this idea? And please tell me it will return. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I'm so happy that you love it. Well, Wine Passport was born from my desire to tell foreigners about wine as an Italian. I was tired of seeing our Italian wine and our lifestyle being told by foreigners for foreigners. Because it is clear that not being Italians, they could not cover everything that represents food, wine, conviviality, landscape, territory for us. We feel a different way. So I decided to set up a very ambitious production made for the web, but like it was made for television. We made five episodes that totalized more than two million views on uh, on YouTube. And after three years, during the spring uh, 2020, 2020, the the last spring uh, lockdown, 
an American production company accredited with uh, Prime Video USA and UK asked us to be able uh, to hire the program. And uh, it was a dream come true for me. Now, However, due to COVID, we are stopped. And uh, in addition, uh, in addition to this, uh, Prime Video has blocked the possibility of external companies to upload the content. And therefore, we are waiting to understand what will happen. Too bad because uh, one passport mark is doing well in terms of views. And uh, we think audiences may be, might be interested in a second season. Let's see. Now we, we, are, uh, we are stopped. Well, that's yeah, really I'll disappointing. Push, I'll, <laughs> I'll push <laughs> <Me> far. <too. laughs> I'm glad you talked about the view of seeing foreigners pr promote Italian wine. One of the big things for me is when I'm looking for Italian wine education, I'm actually seeking out Italians who are teaching it because the passion and they, they lived it. They know it so well. So I'm, I'm thinking on the same page as you, where you're seeing it being misrepresented. I see it over here being misrepresented on an education side. So I wanted to talk to you about wine education trends in Italy. Do Italians have the same passion for the U.S. wines that we do for Italian wines? If you had to think of me, I would answer yes. The last American wine I was lucky enough to uncork was Opus Wine Vintage 2000. A few wow. months ago. <laughs> yes, it was crazy. <laughs> Did I have our lockdown enjoyment and, and, and open the really good bottles, right? But I think Opus One is one of the wines to drink once in a life. It's, mm. it's incredible wines. Wow, wow experience. But I love Pinot Noirs from Oregon or also from California. In my family is one of my favorites. I really like your Chardonnays and of course Cabernet and Merlot. Streaming is Eagles is a myth for me and for, <laughs> for all. But unfortunately, you have to know there are not many American wines in Italy. And this obviously does not allow us to get to know your production better. I would very much like to be able to drink more wines from the United States. I'm curious. I think that at any moment I could discover a new wine that mm. conquers me and they have no borders. I love wines from Lebanon, Chateau Muzar in Primis, uh, first of all, from New Zealand, from South Africa. Let's not talk about Spain. Recently, I also tasted some wines produced in China. Mm-hmm. So how they always say is uh, to enjoy, to have pleasure, you don't have to set limits. So what about the education? Are there people in Italy teaching American wines, teaching like the AVAs in America? The only school that teach about American wine is WSET. And they're based out of London. So it's the... Yeah. Yeah. But you know, now, we have that we have that here too, the WSCT program. Yes, because it's uh, the program for Master of Wines. Right. If you want to be a Master of Wines, you have to attend WSCT, no, no others. And you know, in Italy, we have schools of WSCT that you don't have to go to London to make the exams or to attend the courses, but mm -hmm. you can and the courses uh, in uh, some cities and some location in, in Italy. And uh, when you attended the, the WSCT courses, uh, they talk about and put in the tasting American wines too. 
but it, it is the only one. You know, in Italy, if you want to learn about wines, uh, you have uh, the associations of sommelier. You can attend their courses, but uh, uh, they make you study and taste uh, only Italian wine and French wine. That's interesting. Yeah. So there is no many changes to drink American wines or South Africa wines or New Zealand mm -hmm. wines. Uh, in the same ways, uh, we are very focused on uh, Italian uh, and uh, French wine. Now, uh, another trend uh, is uh, wines from Mosella. Oh, Riesling. Yes, they are coming uh, on trends in Italy and no others. I, I love Spanish wine, but you can find uh, very few uh, levels, uh, uh, very few wineries like American. I, I, I know quite well Spanish wine because uh, I love uh, Spain and I go for my holidays uh, every year in Spain mm -hmm. and so I drink Spanish wine and, and I know quite well uh, their wines but but uh, in Italy you can find them in the it's same one way. of that's one of the growing popular categories here in the US is Spanish wine but I think it's going to be popular in Italy too because uh, they have uh, beautiful wines uh, with a beauty uh, with um, value for, value for money mm -hmm. very interesting so in my opinion uh, the next uh, emerging re uh, re uh, nation uh, wine nation uh, is uh, sure Spain emerging is uh, it's a long tradition uh, <laughs> region but uh, for uh, the the wine lovers for the general public uh, i think it's going in these ways but not now because covid stopped everything so yeah yeah covid affected kim's trip to both spain and italy this past year too so yeah yeah so francesca what do you consider yourself in the wine world? Is it social media influencer? Is it a wine educator? Is it a wine lover? Because reading your blog, your website, it, you're such, you're an educator, your passion for wine shows, but you definitely have that social media influence going on as well. Yes, but first of all, I am a journalist and a writer. But my readers have also made me a social media influencer too. Uh, to be precise, the second most followed wine influencer in Italy. Uh, I have uh, wow. one, yeah, one hundred sixteen thousand followers. Maybe I am well ranked even at a global level. I don't know. <laughs> But however, first of all, Mark, uh, I am a wine lover who was lucky enough to make this great patient a good part of her work. This is, I am a wine lover, first of all. It shows. It shows in your, in your TV shows. I, I Someday I hope to read your books, love your blogs. And in your blogs, you had uh, some stories. You have... You mentioned earlier about women getting together. Do you have a bunch of friends that you get together and talk wine and come up with these ideas? Well, you know, uh, I always say that uh, what I write about uh, wine and food uh, is uh, my life and my experience. Uh, and it, it is the experience that I make made with my girlfriends, with my boyfriends, uh, with my, my friends uh, all over uh, the world. So I write about what I know, what I feel, uh, and uh, what I think uh, me and, and people's 
I and people uh, um, feel uh, when uh, they share uh, food or a bottle of wine. And I can't wait for COVID to be over so that I can do that with my girlfriends again. And we can just sit and eat and drink and talk about wine and do all those wonderful things that we've missed. Yeah, I think the same. Uh, it's one of the, the things that uh, I think we all uh, are waiting uh, to can do. The first thing we, we, we will do to, to go out, meet our friends uh, and, uh, and have uh, and cheers. <laughs> and cheers with the glass because uh, you know I don't know if it's the same uh, in the uh, United States but uh, here in Italy uh, we use uh, in this uh, lockdown uh, time uh, to make a zoom call with friends yeah <laughs> same here each friends have a bottle of wines and so we drink wines uh, looking in the laptop uh, or <laughs> yep. in the- and that, but it is not the same because to be together and to touch and can can see in person your friends is uh, is another thing. Well, hopefully soon. Yeah. It, thank you so much, Francesca, for sharing uh, this passion for wine and food and, and culture. And I just think it's amazing what you're doing. I'm glad our listeners got to hear you today. I'm sure everyone's loving the accent here in the United States, right, Kim? I'm just really glad that we got to meet Francesca. <laughs> like, even yeah. though it's, you know, many miles away and over a, a Zoom screen, I am I was really excited for this interview and I'm so glad we got to talk to you today. But I hope to meet you soon. I hope to come in the United States soon and meet you and, and share with you, uh, Kim and Mark, uh, a bottle of wine and a, a restaurant dinner. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping to go to Italy next year. So that would be wonderful. Perfect. I'm waiting here too. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you for listening to us today on the wonderful world of wine. We've been your hosts, Mark Lenzi and Kim Simone and special guest Francesca Negri. Her website is geishagourmet.com. And we have really enjoyed having you on the show today. Chin chin. Chin chin. Bye.